2: Hey, don't skip the intro just yet. I know you want to get right to it, but I'm going to talk about what's happening in the future of Potterless now, which you might have questions about, and I want to clarify that so that you don't tweet at me later. Hi, I'm Mike Schubert. I make Potterless. (laughs) So this episode is the first of a few lookbacks for Potterless. I'm going to be talking one-on-one for about 10 to 15 minutes with every past guest, discussing things that I missed in the previous episodes, things that were funny, things that looking back are very silly, like how I used to think Quidditch was nice before I read more about Quidditch. And it's going to be a great way for me to basically reread the series without rereading the series, because that's kind of silly for me to do. This should take us up through episode 99 of Potterless. I believe this will be 10 parts. It might not be as many. We'll have to see. But I think this will bring us to 99. Then episode 100 will be a very special episode. And then starting with episode 101, we get to the movie that is right we're getting to the movies and i'm very excited to do so but before we move on to phase two i thought this would be a nice fun transition and a good way to look back on how far the show has come in these three years so enjoy it's really fun There are some really good nuggets i know this is not the traditional episodes of potterless but i really hope you stick through and listen because these lookbacks are absolutely hilarious and i'm very proud of them so i hope you enjoy them and i hope you don't give up on the pod just because the books are over phase two is going to be so much fun and speaking of things that are very fun, we've new patrons to welcome to the team. So shout out to Jessica Morelli, C7 Colors, Gisli Felix, Rachel Shonek, Fippa Fig, Life Bloopers, Srishti Arya, Elena Campillo, Stina Leonard, Jermaine Woods, and a happy birthday to Krizia Marie Manalo, Castle RPM, MD. Shout out to Paivi Kukkonen, whose shout out I missed a few weeks back. Shout out to Liar Nockham, and Megan Dick, who upgraded to producer level status, as well as our new producer level patrons, Out of Context 69, Liam McCormick, Malena Brandy, Marco Zapeta. Ella Robertson, and someone who made their Patreon name Steamed Nuggets with three exclamation points. They joined the ranks of Vicky Aaron, Jesse, Natalie, Clow, Frank Marchismo, Samantha Juan, Abid, Rosemary, Marie Lisa, Romina, Kamel, Russell, Audra, Eleanor, Sydney, Rosanne, Nikita, Taylor, Ali, Amelia, Sean, Sarah Ben, Rachel, Zachary, Orchid, Vivian, Takari, Haley, Moster, Angelina, Ross, Marie, Alex, Brian, Caitlin, Grace, Raul, Ingan, Mari, Alex, John, Noel, Tao, Emily, Robin, Will, Liz, Mariah, Brandon, Sarah Claire, Gloria, Sarah, Patrick, Alicat, Hallie, Veronica, Kevin, Lada, Noah, Tracy, Colleen, Jennifer Friday, Ivor, Naomi, Tyler, Summer, Heather, Keri, Andrea, Ella, Anthony, David, Elisa, Lynn, Cameron, Justin, Christine, Jacob, Toothless, Maya, Mark, Polly, Srujaneta, Tumnus, Remy, Matt, Sarah, Nona, Zena, Colleen, Harlan, Sheldrop, Noelia, Addie, Brian, Jenny, Nikki, Kara Dorcas, Courtney, Kine, Amanda, Sabrina, Alicia, Kafir Lindy, Martha, Benjamin, Skymart, Sarah, Peter, Yash, Marta, Stephanie, Justine, Aaron, CJ, Eileen, Violet, Cat Lindsay, Fielding, Keegan, Miranda, Gail, Mr. Folk, Heather, Adam, Christina, Maya, Zachary, Kieran, Heaven, Callahan, Christy, Lily, Wire, Warrior, Floor, Siri, Georgia, Vile Itzel, Mitch, Al, Topher, Peter, Candy, Skyla, Edel, Kelsey, Ellie Professor th- Brett Kelly, Alubin Maleo, Lena, Daniel, Rebecca, Lee Elizabeth, Abby, Lika, Michael, Earmuffs, Cara Tiffany, Kelly, Nadia, Andrea, Courtney, Sparklecat, Carrie, Jamie, Lissy, Camillo, Connie, Janet, Mary, Imo, Malin Anastasia, Jaden, Nedry, Matt, Riley, Will, Zephyr, Artemis, Alubin Maleo, Brett, Connor, Samantha, Kayla, Lauren, Aurora, Emma, Hermani, can't I, Potter? And yes, I can, who never forget to put sunscreen on their face when they're hanging out in a park in the sun all day long. If you want to be like one of these amazing patrons and get access to bonus episodes, exclusive live streams, discount on the merch store exclusive merchandise you can head on over to patreon.com potterless but without further ado let's get into episode 90 of potterless the first potterless look back covering episodes one through six of potterless guest starring lots of people Hello, internet, and welcome back to another episode of Potterless, the tale of a grown man who finished reading a Harry Potter series for the very first time. My name is Mike Schubert. I am that 27-year-old man, and we're doing something fun as a way to go and take a look back at the journey of Potterless. And this is like my version of a reread, because I don't want to just do reread episodes. That would be very boring to be like, this is the journey of a grown man's second time reading the books. Like, that'd be very silly. So instead of doing that, I thought it would be very fun and some listeners had suggested this, and Eric Silver from Multitude had a really good idea to go back and talk with old guests about their time on the podcast. Either there were things that I missed, or things that they couldn't tell me, or things they would bite their tongue. So we're starting from the very beginning with Alex Moodhart, who like three minutes in almost spoiled that Fred oh dies, God. which I had no <laughs> idea until I listened back. So Alex, how's it going?
0: <laughs> you know, it's going great. I have been reminded by many people on Twitter that I almost let many things slip, but... <laughs> You know what? You made it. I did. With, I want to say limited spoilers because you knew some stuff beforehand. Right, right. And right. I did not add to any spoilers.
2: No, I don't think. I don't think a single guest added something that I didn't already know, which was super cool. Anytime a spoiler happened, it went over my head. Good. So I had you go back and listen to the episode, and you took some notes. So what? Going back did you find of little nuggets in your time on Potterless? Yeah,
0: I would first and foremost like to apologize to the greater (laughs) public that listens to your podcast because I am aware at how stupid I was on the first episode. We were all trying to figure things out Mm -hmm. in more ways than one. Um, Take that as you will. At 11 minutes and 30 seconds, uh, we were talking about the snake at the zoo when they went for Dudley's birthday, I think. Uh and you were saying, like, what the snake said and how Harry could understand, and I was like, well, duh, like, he can speak parcel tongue and it's like, that's not something that you would have learned until the second oh. book, so it's like, ugh, I let that slip, and that was, like, a little one, but nothing too crazy. Yeah,
2: and I knew that from the movies that he could talk to him. Okay. That wasn't, like, a big deal, because just the fact that, like, it wasn't said till the next book isn't like, oh, man. Yeah, but,
0: okay. so that was, like, a little <laughs> a little nugget, but nothing too crazy. um And then at 18 minutes, I... Are you... In, talked about Hagrid like knowing something about like the monster that lives in the castle or like you referenced it Mm -hmm. and or you're like oh maybe Hagrid went to Azkaban blah 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 and I was like yeah like you're gonna find that out in the second book like basically like confirming that he did go and you're gonna find out so yet again (laughs) like another thing that you knew but I should have been keeping my mouth shut just for the sake of keeping all spoilers to a minimum. Right, right. And then at 38.30, you were saying, Hermione sucks, and at <laughs> that point in the book, in the story, she did suck, so she I was, was right she, she was, was bad in the first book. She was terrible, at least for, like, the first, like, half of the first book. Yeah,
2: until the end, she's pretty rough.
0: Yeah, and you were like, I just want her and Percy to be together because, (laughs) like, he's awful, and I was like, oh, just you wait and see, so basically I'm like telling you you have no idea how shitty Percy's gonna get and (laughs) he, like, turns into a terrible human being that, like, betrays everyone that he knows and loves.
2: Yup. He has his slight redemption at the end, but yeah. A slight. Yeah, it's funny that Hermione, who's easily in, like, my top three favorite characters now. Yeah. I was very anti-her to start, so it's yeah. a fun change to see throughout the podcast.
0: I love that. And I just cannot believe how like easily I say, like, oh, but you just wait. And it's like, <laughs> now he like knows what to look for. <laughs> but the biggest spoiler that I almost let slip, and thank you everyone on Twitter that constantly <laughs> tweets Shubes reminding him that I almost let this slip. Uh, was at 46 minutes and 30 seconds, roughly. Um, I almost spoil Fred's death. And I'm sorry. <laughs> I am sorry. You were talking about going to, or we had taken um, like aptitude tests and both of us tested, like our results were that we would be the Weasley twins, Fred and George. Mm-hmm. And you were like, this could be amazing. We could go to Harry Potter world as the twins. And then I start to go, yeah, but, and I was like, oh, <laughs> oh no, I can't. <laughs> I can't say this. And I'm sorry again, but at least I think that you <laughs> forgot about that. Even I forgot that I said that.
2: It didn't even process to me. Yeah. Also, like at the time of recording, which was fun, it was like I was doing it in my old Houston apartment, which was very echoey because it had very high ceilings. I know.
0: I'm so proud of your development. You're like, <laughs> you've grown so much. You were 24 when you started this. We did that yes. three years ago.
2: Mm -hmm. Isn't that wild? wild. It was my blue Snowball Ice microphone, which costs like 30-something dollars, Yeah. with you on Skype on my Bluetooth speaker pointed at the microphone. So it was just one track, (laughs) like not even really edited. And now as I'm doing this, I'm in Multitude Studio with uh, like soundproofing on the walls. Eric Silver helped me set up the whole recording device. I have audio recording software that is recording the Skype call on your end now. Like so... (laughs) (laughs) we've grown so much from me being rinky dink little, oh, I don't know, I'll make fun of Harry Potter books, I guess. And here we are now. I love it.
0: Yeah, I am so stoked for you. And you look like you're having a blast when you go and do live podcasts. And like, you've created such a really... Uh, you've created such a great community, and I couldn't be more stoked for you.
2: Well, thanks, man. I couldn't think of a better person to start the show with. You as guest one was a very easy choice. A lot of people loved you on the show. People tweeted me very often, When when is Alex coming back? So here is that answer. Here uh, I am. But yeah, also, you're on the most listened to episode.
0: <gasps> what an honor. Because I mean, it's
2: episode one. Over two million people have heard you on this oh, podcast. God, which, I am so right? sorry. <laughs>
0: I know that everyone hates their voice but I'm very aware that I have a very annoying voice.
2: I don't think so. Oh, you're that's because
0: you're you're very nice. The gay <laughs> accent comes out real strong. But before before you cut me off, I do want to say that I think I did a pretty great job avoiding spoilers, considering that you knew many things Mm -hmm. at the start of this. You had a whole episode where you went over what you knew, and even when you were talking, you, like, knew A, B, C, D, E, which included the following. (laughs) I took down, like, the biggest things that, like, if someone knew nothing about Harry Potter would have no idea about um, mm-hmm. but you knew them you A knew who Voldemort was right off the bat Right. B you knew that Voldemort was living under Quirrell's turban yes and we were talking about that in the first episode and so like hearing you say these things like I think tricked my mind into thinking like
3: uh, oh like if he
0: knows this he must know this which is why I like right, felt right, so comfortable right. talking about certain things you knew that Ginny and Harry were going to get married you yes. knew that Hermione and Ron were going to get married you yes. knew who Umbridge was already and you hadn't even seen them Movie.
2: I saw the fifth one, but I fell asleep during. Oh yeah, you it. fell but asleep had, during I, it. Yeah, I had seen enough to know who she was.
0: And then, oddly enough, you even knew that Dumbledore was gay because you followed J.K. Rowling on Twitter. So I was like, <laughs> "There's so many things that you knew, like whether they were random facts or like important to the story." That I was like, "I was trying my hardest to keep everything together and not spoil anything for you." I think that I did a pretty solid job, but I am very, very, very honored to have been the first guest on this amazing podcast. And you should be extremely proud of yourself because you've done Aww. such amazing, cool things.
2: Thanks, man. I, uh, uh-huh. I'm i I'm all choked up and at a loss for words now, but this is super fun. I'm glad we got to do this. And I'm excited to uh, talk to you when we get to your chapter 30 appearance later, or your episode 30 appearance later down the road. Um, but yeah, this is great. Thanks for coming on and talking about of this. Of course.
0: Thank you. I'm ready to square up with Kelly again. <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> so... We now move on to episode two, where I was joined by a good, lovely old YouTube friend that I had from way back in yesteryear, Charlotte Dow. Charlotte, how's
4: it going? I'm great. I love that I am an old friend because I am, <laughs> in fact, old. Actually, I'm almost 28. Please don't yell at me. You actual have people were- are offended everyone
2: over the age of 28.
4: <laughs> I have offended everyone, um, but, you know, it just always feels like a slow climb to 30 uh, <laughs> these <laughs> days. And you uh, know what? That's great. I'm gonna thrive in my 30s. Good,
2: do it. Yeah.
4: Saturn return happening. Anyway. Yeah, this was three years ago. Wow.
2: Wild. Wild. Wild.
4: The podcast has changed a lot since then. And it was very weird to listen to this back and not have like right. a million names on the front and back of it.
2: <laughs> the intro was so short.
4: There was no intro. It was just the, it was just the theme music.
2: <laughs> oh my goodness. I'm sure some people out there who forget that skip buttons exist are like, yes. oh my God, the glory days.
4: <laughs> sometimes I listen to them, sometimes I don't. You hey, know, it's I appreciate totally the fine. patrons.
2: That's the joy of podcasts. It is so easy to skip stuff if exactly. you don't want to hear things. You exactly. You just hit the forward button a couple of times. Yeah. It's so good. Your
4: ad reads are great. I never skip those.
2: Thank so. you. I try very hard. <laughs>
4: I want to hear you talk about Stitch Fix.
2: (laughs) I might on this episode. Who's to say? (laughs)
4: Who's to say? Who's to say? We love a Stitch Fix. I was listening back to this, and I realized it was three years ago. Mm -hmm. And I feel like my life's changed a lot since then. But I'm listening to it, and I'm like, I'm pretty much the same person.
2: (laughs) It's very fun because someone (laughs) tweeted the other day that they were re-listening to Potterless and they said, oh, I just started from the beginning. Mike sounds so young. And I went back and listened to think, did I actually sound that different? And I don't. I just sounded worse because I had a worse microphone.
4: (laughs) (laughs) You sounded pretty much the same. You've just gotten uh, more into your kind of groove and... Podcast personality, I guess. Yes. You've developed your character. Yeah,
2: the character for sure. Because when I did YouTube and then Vine and then now with this, I still am... Mostly myself. But it's kind of like me turned up to 11. It's more fun on a comedy podcast to be hyperbolic. So right. that's why I say things are either so good or the worst. For sure. And it's nothing in between because if I if I kept hedging my bets and stuff, the episodes would be a million years long. Because I'd be like, well, Snape's the worst. However, if you do consider the fact that he had a rough childhood, like <laughs> it, it would, everything would go on forever. And it's just more fun for me to be like, yo, fuck Hedwig. Even though like Hedwig's fine. <laughs>
4: yeah, Hedwig's fine. She's an owl. It's cool. Uh, I mean... I relate to that as a writer in that I am very. I tend to hedge my bets, like when writing things, especially Mm -hmm. if there's like opinions involved, because I'm like, you got to see both sides, whatever. And then that just makes my pieces like way longer than they need to be. Right. But anytime I take like a stand on Twitter, people yell at me, and uh,
2: that's the internet. (laughs) I love the internet. See, imagine taking stands on Harry Potter things. Yeah. Ooh, welcome to my
4: world. Like I made a joke about how there should be a VidCon for everybody who were like remembers the Bush presidency. Uh, <laughs> that was a very funny tweet. I remember it. Was, it was a great tweet. And some people were like, how dare you? Why would you even come here if you knew that there was going to be so many young people? This isn't the con for you. I'm like, first of all, not even there. Second of all. <laughs> This was a joke. Thank you. Jokes,
2: they happen. <laughs> Speaking jokes. of jokes, we had jokes on this podcast. What so happened jokes. in episode two where we covered nine chapters of the first book? Remember, oh. I could cover more than one chapter in an episode.
4: LOL. What a time. What a time. Ugh. So you said at one point, I think a lot of our friends will be on this podcast. <laughs> LOL. You guys started a fucking company together
2: which is very cool. I I had no idea Multitude was brewing until a few episodes in when Potter was started to be good and Amanda mentioned hey we're thinking of doing a thing do you want in and I said yes and I'm glad I did.
4: But even if you look at like the back episodes it's like Amanda, 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 Eric Schneider. <laughs> like,
2: <laughs> well, I wasn't lying that I said it was going to be a bunch of our YouTube friends. On. Our and YouTube then someone friends. canceled on me last minute, which wow. is why Amanda is on two episodes. And then I think a one or two gap. And then she's back again. <laughs>
4: <laughs> Tag team back again. But also like like that you've branched out to other people in the community. And also I've learned yeah. about so many former Vine people.
2: yeah. Ah, may everyone from Vine go on to do better things. Vine walked so that Potterless could
4: run. Truly, (laughs) truly. And it also, uh, I find it funny that like, when Vine people turn to podcasting, because it's just like, your medium was six seconds, and now you're going into, like, hour-long content. Yeah. And you know what? Sometimes it's really good. It's a, bit, it's of, really a good. bit
2: of a stretch.
4: <laughs> it's a stretch. It's, a, it's an interesting transition, but, like, you nailed it, dude. Thank you. You're welcome. I'm just gassing you up for this whole episode. Uh,
2: <laughs> Please go on to the things I messed up in the episode, which I'm sure I did.
4: I think it was these chapters start out, or at least early on, are the flying lesson chapters. Uh, right. And you got really excited about Hooch being, like, more part of the series. Oh and yeah
2: she's not she's
4: really not and i tried to temper your expectations without like spoiling stuff thank you because i also kind of forgot whether or not she showed up again but she doesn't she really doesn't
2: okay i'm gonna go to the sporkle top 200 harry potter quiz just to see what her ranking is so let's see Ooh, not great. Hooch is the 114th most mentioned person in the Harry Potter series, which is not particularly high. Uh, She ranks just behind Regulus Black, who was really only (laughs) in a part of the seventh, and just above Mr. Borgen of Borgen and Burks. So, yeah, I don't think she goes on past the first book.
4: Yeah, she really gets that one scene. But, you know, she lives on in the fanfic of uh, her and Pomona Sprout, living together. Oh.
2: Yeah, that's that's official canon at this point. That's not even fan. Right. That is true and I will take it to my grave.
4: Right. In a nice little house in Hogsmeade with their oh. zillion dogs. Just so many dogs.
2: I love it. I love it a lot. Like
4: what else does she do cuz I can't imagine the flying lessons being like more than 3 sessions. During your first
2: year. Oh, here's something she actually might be in past the first book. She does ref the Quidditch matches. Oh, okay. So maybe, maybe she gets mentioned one time per book. Right. <laughs> or something like that. Right. So I know she does that. But there are only four Quidditch matches a yeah. year. There's not that many? Hey, Editing Mike here. I know I hate Quidditch, but I'm a stickler for math, and I'm here to say that there are actually six Quidditch matches that take place each season. Gryffindor versus Hufflepuff, Gryffindor versus Slytherin, Gryffindor versus Ravenclaw, Hufflepuff versus Slytherin, Hufflepuff versus Ravenclaw, and Slytherin versus Ravenclaw. Six matches, all of them horrible, because it's Quidditch and not basketball.
4: I don't think she coaches anyone unless she's coaching no
2: she there are no coaches it's no. just the captain who is It's a really student. just the captains.
4: well i think McGonagall's technically like the coach but she's more of like a spot like like a faculty sponsor yeah like you have in college right, she's just right. like i don't know i gotta sign off on this so <laughs> whatever but they don't actually do anything moving on sorry to spoil hogsmeade butterbeer but like you already i knew
2: already knew that. i'd been to the yeah. parks i knew it was very You'd tasty been. And we had talked about it before the episode started. So, like, we knew where I stood. And that's what's very nice is some people thought that the earlier guests were ruining things by talking about stuff beyond book one. Right. But you, Alex, Amanda, all the people on early in the show, I did not get spoiled by you or anyone across the entire podcast. No guest ever spoiled something significant that I didn't know. It's because we love you. And that's a feat. It's
4: because we love you. I did get very Hermione Granger know-it-all and was like, well, that's in book three, and <laughs> so I, I knew, like, I gave you that much to anticipate, which I don't know whether or not you wanted that, but like, I don't know, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. It's fine. Another thing that I find very interesting is you were very excited about Quidditch.
2: Oh, I was. I had so much You were so, so excited about a sport. Uh, I had a a so sport. much hope for it.
4: And then you realize it's a terrible game. I think like you were the wheels were turning during this episode of like, you, can't, you can't, why <laughs> does it only m- why is there only like one player that matters? If you catch the snitch, it doesn't matter. Like Yeah,
2: I was hoping it was going to get fleshed out a little bit more. And then, yeah, it didn't.
4: It didn't.
2: It had so much potential.
4: And I kind of spoiled the World Cup for you because I was like, oh, yeah, Ireland will win, but Crumb will catch the snitch. That'll make sense in the fourth book. I
2: had seen the fourth movie, so I did know that that was a thing.
4: But it's very, like, explicit. Like, that's very much, I think, Ron's or somebody's. Fred uh, and George
2: bet money against Ludo Bagman on it. (laughs)
4: A... There is a huge red herring in book one and you call it out uh, of them being like, Snape's the bad guy. Snape's definitely the bad guy, but it's not. And like you called it, you knew. And yet, yet. it still (laughs) went on. <laughs> to call Ludo Bagman the bad guy. here's my defense four, of it. And I've said
2: this four. before, but the first book is just an episode of Scooby Doo. And the way Scooby yep. Doo works is the first person you meet is guilty and they don't seem that suspect in the beginning. And that was Coral. And then the next person you meet that is super suspect is the red herring. So yeah. I was trying to follow that logic in book four because Barty Crouch seems super suspect initially, and Ludo Bagman is just there, right. and then there's tiny little bits of suspicion throughout. Then JK just took the rug out from under me and said, hey, actually, that person who said is dead is alive, and they're pretending to be someone else with Polyjuice Potion. Didn't see that one coming, did you? No, I didn't! Because you said that person was dead! No one
4: saw it coming. Which
2: I get that you don't, it doesn't have to be fair. These aren't explicitly mystery novels, but I felt like that was a cheap move.
4: <laughs> if you did see that coming, go write your own goddamn mystery novel. Yeah, like.
2: I would love to reread it and see if there's any sort of clue that Barty crutch Jr. is alive, but I think no.
4: None. I don't know. Did Was he supposed to have died in Azkaban? That
2: was what the thought was, but there was the whole polyjuice and winky and blah, 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 where he's actually right, living right, right, with him right, right. and, and then right. under the imperious and stuff.
4: I don't think Azkaban is really as like,
2: Secure, it honestly like. doesn't seem like a very well-run prison.
4: People keep breaking out of that prison, like... It
2: quite easily.
4: Escape at Danamora over yeah, here. It's
2: like s- <laughs> Sirius just is a dog and sneaks through the bars. Doesn't seem that yeah. challenging.
4: Casual, casual. Harry has a, mem- a memory from his... Infanthood, childhood, infancy—that's infancy, the word. I'm a writer. It's
2: okay. I didn't know what underfed meant. Fair even after googling it.
4: <laughs> Very fair. Underfed. Underfed. He has a memory of his parents' death, which makes absolutely no sense, right? Because he was literally one years old, and at that point, you don't really start to make memories. Like trauma can get in, but like you don't have that vivid of a memory that you can recall it. Yes. And I think now, kind of like going back through the series with this podcast. Do you think that that memory is actually Voldemort's memory and there because of the connection between the two?
2: Oh, that would make sense. I guess the only confusing thing would be the perspective of it. But I remember that his memory... I don't know if it's in this book or a later one. I remember, like, his memory is just a flash of green light. And that could happen even if it was from his eyes or Voldemort's. So I'd have to see when, like, the initial mention of the memory was. Like, when he had that versus just thinking it was the car crash. Yeah. But... It does make sense because we know that the Voldemort soul thing explains other stuff that he did as a child, such as the Parseltongue things. Right. So that could be the same thing. I like it. I'll have to deep dive into this a little more.
4: Yeah, that might be the reason why it's as vivid as it is. Sure. I can understand maybe like a one or one and a half year old, like remembering a flash of light. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, and this also could be coming from my experience with the movies because whenever they flashback, like, even in early films, like, it's full on. He's seeing, like, his mother holding mm-hmm, him. Mm-hmm.
2: And that would definitely be and from it's Voldemort. it's very much
4: mm. from Voldemort's perspective. So, I don't know, man. I like it. I like it. Oh, so there, you brought this up in a couple of different podcasts. Mm-hmm. There's a the scene where Harry is learning about Quidditch with Oliver Wood, dreamy boy. Mm -hmm. And he's like, oh, so it's kind of like basketball. And (laughs) Oliver Wood is like, what's basketball? And you cried. My
2: poor heart. Your
4: poor heart. (laughs) But also I'm like, how does Harry know anything about basketball unless he's like really following the NBA? Because like they don't really do it. In, no,
2: they don't. Yeah. I made the joke, like, how do they know about golf but not basketball? But being in Scotland slash the UK, it yeah. makes sense.
4: You mentioned at one point uh, you didn't really know any British basketball players. And then you mentioned one guy and he ended up being French. Uh- <laughs> yes,
2: <laughs> that was Nicholas Batum, who was French. I have since researched basketball players from the UK. Yes. And when you Google it. There's really only two people. Three people show up, but only two matter. One is Ben Gordon, who's pretty good. One is Luol Deng, who had a very nice career. And then the third is Michael Candy, whose entire claim to fame was that he was a number one overall pick and then was notoriously bad at basketball. Whoa. So Hell of a last name, The UK's though. all right. You got Luol Deng, but it's about it.
4: Yeah, but the Brits do have netball. Oh. Which is a sport that I think mostly women play, but it's, it's kind of like basketball, and I don't really know that much about oh. it.
2: I have just Googled netball, and it's a bunch of ladies on what looks like a volleyball court. Yes. But then it's a
4: the basketball hoop does not
2: have a backboard on it. That's
4: hardcore. Like how do you even see that? Even
2: though you don't use the backboard a ridiculously high amount of times on a lot of shots. Right. Like visually it just looks strange to look at this without a backboard. Yeah. Like I feel like my perspective and depth perception is way off.
4: If I had any like eye problems, I would have trouble seeing that personally. Yeah. At least the backboard is like, oh I I see that. It's cool. I know where I'm aiming. Whatever. Um, it also looks like the net looks a lot smaller
2: <laughs> than I th- yeah, a basketball I think net. It, I think it might be a little lower. Yeah, yeah. It kind of looks like a hybrid of volleyball and basketball. Yes. And apparently Australia is very good at it. Of so here course we go, they are. Netball.
4: Netball. We love it. <laughs> also, I don't think they dribble. That's, that's
2: a part of it. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Well, I can't think of a better way to wrap this up. So, Charlotte, thank you so much for being on the podcast so many months ago. And also coming on for this little recap so we can relive the olden times of of Potterless when I had a bad microphone. But you were the first episode where you had your own audio equipment. So I got to edit your tracks differently, more so than just pointing a Bluetooth speaker at my <laughs> microphone. So You've
4: come so far. I
2: had come so far just from episode one to two, but now episode 90-whatever and from episode two, we've grown a lot.
4: We've grown a lot. There's no dead air. There's no like random ums and giggling nope. and whatever. I mean, there's giggling, obviously, cause cause jokes. Sure. Yeah, it's it's tight and it's thank you. it's good it's good shit <laughs>
2: <laughs> well thank you so much for joining and now we move on to episode three. Up, oh, pass mike you're so silly we can't move on to episode three just yet because first we have to take a little bit of time to make sure this podcast is sustainable with Wingardium Herridosa Today's episode is brought to you by another podcast I've created, Meddling Adults. Meddling Adults is a whodunit game show for charity where I serve as the host and guests compete head-to-head in a contest of solving children's mysteries from classics like Encyclopedia Brown, Scooby-Doo, and Shelby Woo, and whoever scores the most points earns money for a charity of their choosing. Points are awarded for correct guesses, bonus points are given out for absurd accusations, and you can play along at home to test your sleuthing prowess against the wits of fictional young detectives. You can listen to Meddling Adults by searching for Meddling Adults wherever you get your podcasts or going to our website, meddlingadults.com. I hope you check it out and happy sleuthing. And now you'll hear words from a few sponsors who make it feasible for me to be a full-time podcaster. Some of these ads will be read by me. Others of them won't. The ones that aren't are inserted locally. So if you live internationally, don't be surprised if you hear an ad in your country's native language. And once those ads are complete, we'll get back to this episode of Potterless.
1: Seeking the truth never gets old.
2: This episode of Potterless is brought to you by Arena Club. Now, Neville Longbottom is someone who likes to collect cards. He likes to collect the Chocolate Frog cards, and it's got to be a frustrating experience for him to be ripping open all these Chocolate Frog things, hoping for particular cards. What if there was slightly less randomness in the mix? What if he had a better sense of what cards he could get? Ooh, that sounds like something that could intrigue you if you were trying to get muggle versions of trading cards and stuff. And if that's interesting to you, you should check out Arena Club. Arena Club is a website and service where you can do all sorts of things in the world of trading cards, whether that is sports trading cards or Pokemon cards, you can utilize Arena Club and they have so many cool things. One of the coolest things that they have is slab packs. Slab packs give you more transparency when it comes into ripping open packs and hoping for particular cards in a poll. And I recently opened up a slab pack with Arena Club and it was nice because rather than it just be like this complete black box of I have no idea what cards I'm going to get, they show you a list of, oh, here are the different cards that you could get from this pack. Here's the percentages. And then what's also nice about it, is that if you don't like whatever card you get, you can just sell it right on back to Arena Club and then boom, you can take those funds and use them to get other cards because they also have a full marketplace where you can search for individual cards. I did that as well. I wanted to get a particular Pokemon card. I got Lieutenant Surge's Raichu. It's holographic. It's beautiful. I'm looking at it right now and it's proudly in my studio. Arena Club is a marketplace for card collecting, buying, trading, selling, display, minting, all sorts of good stuff. If you are involved or interested in any sort of card collecting, trading cards, stuff like that, I think Arena Club will be right up your alley. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash potterless. Wow, that's a wild offer. 10% off a $400 slap pack, for example. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash potterless for 10% off your first purchase. So check that out if you want to have a little less randomness in your life, whether it is with muggle trading cards or chocolate frog cards like Neville, today. So... Now we move on to episodes three and four of Potterless, which cover the first 10 chapters of Chamber of Secrets. Oh, what a time when we did five chapters per episode. I was Where joined- you did
3: a full book in two episodes. <laughs> I had to check my podcast player to make sure it was right. <laughs>
2: The best is like recently people like me. Oh, I feel like Mike is milking it. It's like uh, (laughs) if I really wanted to milk it, I would be like these podcasts that do a chapter by chapter from the beginning.
3: I think during the episodes, I I (laughs) joked that it would take like five or six years for you to get through all the books. (laughs) Listen, three is pretty close. You came closer than me.
2: There was definitely an episode where I was like, yeah, it'll be like 30 episodes. (laughs) Here we are with episode 90, whatever. So, yes, I had you on for the first 10 of book two and it was very intentional. I wanted you at the start of that one because that was one I knew knew that like some seeds were planted, so I thought that would be fun to have. And you had been helping me so much with Potterless because I just kept emailing you like, hi, I'm making a podcast. What do I do <laughs> since you had done Spirits? So let's yeah. How were the episodes? How did it feel looking back on it three years in the future?
3: I know it was really strange because you opened up by being like Amanda and you have a podcast it's called spirits right <laughs> I quote it's called spirits is that right and I was like oh man so much so much to come but it, it's amazing that we're now like co-workers doing this full time and you know that each of us giving each other like help and, mm-hmm. and promotion has grown into a real company so yeah. that's that's pretty wild Audio's bad man oh. I understand <laughs> now some of the iTunes reviews <laughs> and that, that's on both of us oh but yeah, yeah.
2: I was recording on a blue snowball were you yeah. on a Yeti I had our I
3: had a Yeti and just like an echoey living room oh
2: I was in a Houston apartment with like vaulted very high ceilings.
3: Houston days wow yeah
2: this was Houston I had a one-bedroom loft apartment so remember this. really big ceilings so super like your roommates came
3: home in the middle of one of the recordings
2: Mm -hmm. he did he had no (laughs) idea what was happening because I had not explained it to him Uh, and then my microphone was on top of a bunch of books and textbooks yeah uh, just in front of my laptop
3: well my main impression was that I was so excited to share a lot of my opinions (gasps) and you were so quick to have takes in a way that I think is like the the fundamental foundation it's the bedrock of Potterless. Yes. For example very early on uh, we talked about the use of the phrase he must not be named uh-huh. um, and I pointed out like yeah you know only Harry and Dumbledore are the ones that um, that name him uh-huh. and this will actually be significant in the future. Right. Meaning like calling Voldemort's name in mm-hmm. books six and seven actually does summon him and there uh-huh. is actually some kind right. of like tracking magic um, which obviously you did not know uh-huh. um, but you were like I'm on team name him and I was like <laughs>
1: Mike you don't know anything
3: about Voldemort why are you on a team? There are no teams and you're not on any of them you're not allowed to audition yet
2: <laughs> i'm ready to try out for the team it was That's extremely fun funny.
3: it was extremely fun you also said that you were happy to have someone who was a childhood fan on because i was talking about how a lot of the imagery like the ford anglia outside the bedroom window and like the layout of harry's room really mapped onto my childhood in a really strong way and you were like yeah everyone has emotional connections and i just point out plot holes mm-hmm, so that uh, that continues yeah No, it was was very
2: sweet. It was good. I remember the dynamic of these and and listening back a little bit. It was definitely something where I remember being like, I could do every episode with Amanda Uh -uh. and and me because, A, Amanda's very good, but B, we're very different. Yeah. Where Amanda's like, here's all the reasons and I I read the prologue and here's what it all means. And I'm like, here's a dumb (laughs) joke.
3: I think that's really exemplified in. I believe this is your first fuck Quidditch.
2: Oh Here. yeah, because the previous one, Charlotte and I talked about it. We you were super I was optimistic. Pro, I was very optimistic. Yeah. it's a sport on brooms. What what could go wrong? Yeah, oh and everything.
3: You of course start pointing out how it is not a sport no. in any way. But I actually stand by the metaphor I came up with on the spot, which mm-hmm. is that Quidditch is like a play within a play mm-hmm. in Hamlet, right? I like have Hamlet used that. uses that as an excuse, right, <laughs> to like talk to to not talk. Talk to his stepfather about how he like has very many edible issues and like Uh jealousy. And I just am curious what you believe now at the end of the series about the use of Quidditch in the books. Like, obviously, we can talk about it as a sport. It's really funny. But Mm -hmm. what are your feelings now looking back?
2: Yeah, I agree with what you said. And, And I have used that as an explanation when people ask me about my Quidditch hatred. I say that. It is more like like a Shakespeare thing when they have a play within a play and that is supposed to tell a story rather than actually be a good play or whatever it is. I can tell J.K. Rowling doesn't know what sports are and that's okay, but maybe don't make that a major part of your book. But as far as like what they're supposed to do, yeah. if you take away the sport and just look at it and say what happened in this chapter without saying Quidditch, like emotionally what happened, it was things like Harry getting... Angry, or people not dealing with emotions, or Harry having to face dementors, or all this other stuff. Ginny's rise, like, if you look at the Quidditch and remove the sport, what it does, it's a vessel for good things. I or just, bad
3: things like Harry taking an L, totally. <laughs> you know? yeah. Harry getting into the uh, the hospital wing, right. which I also pointed out was was very much a site of like people who shouldn't be running into each other, spending time together. Uh-huh. Like Harry listening to the teachers talk to each other, um, like they do in these chapters, or like overhearing, you know, Colin Creevy or like mm-hmm, Malfoy mm-hmm. being talked to by their friends. So we do actually get a, a really interesting kind of tour of like all of the major scenes um, and places that scenes take place in Hogwarts.
2: Yeah, I think it's fine for what it's supposed to do. As someone that really likes sports though it makes me sad because it doesn't make sense and yeah this is the first one where i think in the beginning that's when they reveal that they lost the quidditch final because or maybe that might be at the end of book one but at some point it's discussed that like they didn't play the quidditch final or harry didn't play it they had to play man down because he was in a coma, and I was like, "You couldn't have postponed the game. He just <laughs> defeated Voldemort. <laughs> you couldn't wait a little." And then, of course, and then Book Three, Malfoy's like, "Oh, my arm hurts. Oh, we have to stop the game. Yeah, we need to postpone it." It's just the inconsistencies. Ugh.
3: I stick to the observation, like, why can't there be a cushioning charm just across the whole field? Right. Like, why is it possible that these wizards who are <laughs> flying can <laughs> fall to the ground and break every bone in their body? And they
2: have other charms. In the sport to the make it work are charmed. better, yeah, exactly all the, of it. the 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 quaffle at least is charmed. The bludgers, so that yeah, the bludgers are charmed to like hit people, chase people, whatever, and then the quaffle is charmed to where you don't actually have to palm it. It just like. Levitates towards you. Oh, I didn't you. know that. And yeah, the snitch, so, of course. Yeah, and then snitch is its whole thing. But yeah, the quaffle is kind of like if you ever play a hockey video game, you just pass it to someone, and sure. then it just like absorbs into that player, yeah, and yeah. you don't have to like move your stick to catch it. <laughs> so that's what it's like. Quaffle, you just kind of like it has something where it it stays. And then I also think there's a charm on it that levitates, where if you drop the quaffle, it doesn't. Shoot down. It kind of like floats or slowly goes down. Oh, interesting. I, that, I remember reading that when I did Quidditch throughout the ages as the <laughs> opening act for Join the Party, and got very mad at a very small book.
3: <laughs> well, I would be really interested in how you would design Quidditch with sports rules. I think that mm. could be an interesting. Oh, it's um, very simple. Bonus episode or, or right. feature. Maybe you don't want to spoil it now. I'll just very qu-
2: very quickly. One quick fix is this: just the snitch can't do both things. The snitch can't end the game and be worth 150 sure. points. So either make it only end the game. And then it's a fun thing of like, you have to try to catch the snitch, but also keep the other seeker away if you're losing until your team takes the lead, then grab it or what. And then the other thing it could be is if it's just 150 points and this is what they do in Muggle Quidditch, like when humans play it, it's just worth points. And then the game is timed. If you just do that, it's totally fine. I would almost have no problems. We get into more detail, like the subs (laughs) and all these other like, why can't you post pwn games, blah, blah, blah. But very easy fix. Just make the snitch not do both.
3: I think that's really interesting yeah. and maybe maybe there isn't a position of seeker but instead for chasers because right. i like in basketball right like you kind of decide who is good on defense who's good on offense mm-hmm. like what point cards you want to have do you want someone who's like really good at like like you have to use a limited number of spots to decide the best strategic advantage for your team totally. like do you load up on people who do threes really well do you load up on people who exactly. are great like like close shooters mm-hmm. um and so deciding okay well we're going to you know this team that we're playing we know they have a dope seeker so we're going to put in a chaser who can really do that Yeah, uh, and kind of like a, like a switch that
2: would be fun because it would be like soccer where you have different formations there's no rule about yeah, how that's many a position much better players <laughs> Yeah, but like why why is it that you have to be you can only have two bludgers like what if you just really want to beat up if that team is a really good seeker it's like let's add a third bludger so we can hit all of the bludger you or, did that
3: same mistake person
2: with bat let's have beater three beats. person with
3: bats. beater beats the bludger bludger bludgers.
2: Ah, uh, okay. Let's have three beaters because mm-hmm. their secret is good. Yes. Anyway, was there anything else from these episodes? <laughs> I know you took notes, which is very good. Obviously. And very Amanda. <laughs> um,
3: you said that in your brain you pronounced Malfoy Malfway.
2: Oh, yeah. I thought it was like Malfway. I think it was – I had seen the movies – and they said it British yes. in the movies. Mm. So I, without knowing the spelling, never seeing it written, thought it was that. This also happened a couple of times I audiobooked. booked. There is an example when it was either one of the Jim Dale or the Stephen Fry ones. I didn't read the book. I audio booked for when they said Rookwood because he pronounced it like Rookwood. And I was like, oh, he's saying Rockwood, but he's British. Mm. So I think that's what it was, is I think I heard British people saying like Malfoy and thought yeah. it was like Malfoy. But instead of saying way, they said like Woy. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, for a very long time time i mispronounced his name <laughs> potentially in the first three episodes of Potter. Yeah, it's extremely
3: charming it's extremely charming um but my my only other note is just shining some light on myself okay we talked about arthur weasley yeah because harry goes to the borough to mm-hmm. hang out and spend time and i stand by my assertion that like molly weasley is like so many kids i think stand in mother figure because oh, yeah, yeah, for, yeah. just as she is for harry like she is demonstrating so much like Fierceness, humor, you know, mm-hmm. uh, love, care, like actual hospitality. Totally. But Arthur, I was like, yeah, it's weird that he's like on the Department of, of like Muggle Item Enforcement sure. and also loves muggle items. And I said in the episode, it's like he is an FBI agent who's also a serial killer. <laughs> and <laughs> knowing Arthur Weasley now, you might find that funnier, but that I thought it was
2: great. very funny. But no, it, yeah, it is a weird conflict of interest where he's he really does love all of the items but then he's to make sure he's yeah, to take it away from people right yeah. that's really funny ah, Yeah, that's so good and then he's the one thing and this isn't in this book but it does boggle my mind that he's so obsessed with muggle things and doesn't know how many works not that that just doesn't make any sense Nothing. to me
3: or he loves plugs and isn't even really sure what they're for like mm-hmm. electrical sockets yeah but it's uh yeah arthur oh oh boy what a guy. so much about the educational system this is completely a side note why do they have to take muggle studies and everyone's so bad at it. Like, why are there no practical magic courses? There are Muggleborns who go there every year. Like, what the fuck?
2: Yeah, it's very strange. I just saw Puffs a couple days ago, and it was very funny, and not to, to spoil anything, but there is a character who's Muggle-born, and he's very smart, and then he goes to the wizarding school, and he's bad at everything, because he's like, I'm good at math, and there's no math right. class. I guess arithmancy, maybe, but you don't <laughs> take that as a first year. And then he goes to Muggle Studies, and it's just like holding up a picture. It's like, what is this? And it's a picture of a toaster, and he's like, oh, that's a to- Toaster, and then it's like another picture A of something easy. Yeah, and he's like, oh, I like this course. So I thought that was funny because, yeah, it is ridiculous to think if you were Hermione, you would be so good at Muggle studies. You would just know everything. They'd be like, and this.
3: <laughs> yeah, I think that's why Hermione didn't take it her time turner year because she mm-hmm. wanted to oh, write out her skill
2: set. Right. It was an elective, right? It was. Uh, okay. So I guess Muggleborns just wouldn't take it, or all Muggleborns would take it. It would be the easiest A ever.
3: Yeah. No, totally. <laughs> like, Harry doesn't know how to stop his own bleeding in book seven. Like, Hermione has to do it. For him. It's it's wild.
2: Mm-hmm ridiculous. Well, thank you so much for joining on way back when my and pleasure. for helping me so much. That initial Facebook status you made where you said, my friend is making a podcast. I think it's going to be funny. A lot of guests came from it. Rosianna Hulse Rojas w- replied to that. Melissa Anelli replied to that. A lot of people who Jordan Edwards,
3: I think. Yeah, yeah. A lot
2: of people who have been on the show or important in my podcasting life is thanks to you. And I really appreciate it. And I'm glad we get to work together now. My Look pleasure. how far we've grown from you make a podcast called the Spirits <laughs> <laughs> right to, oh, hey, it's Amanda, CEO of Multitude.
3: Well, I'm glad that both you and I spent five years on YouTube making videos for no money uh, because it, uh, very it brought us together. Very I made I very I made, tiny amounts. I think I made about $200.
2: There was a point in time where I was making 50 bucks a month purely because one of my videos, which I jokingly gave like a clickbaity title yeah. and uh, thumbnail, yeah. actually that worked because it showed <laughs> up as a related video for something else and I just got hated on and hated on, but I just disabled all, all notifications because I made 50 bucks a month for like a year for a video that just like happened to get 2 million views for Probably nothing.
3: paid for your camera.
2: You know, that was honestly, it, about it. I, I justified a couple purchases with it. <laughs> I was like, oh yeah, I got that YouTube money. But then YouTube was like, you have to have a certain amount of followers. So I couldn't make my little like tiny checks. Uh, oh
3: boy. But well, yeah, we survived it, it YouTube.
2: Somewhere. Yeah, we survived YouTube and we never have to deal with YouTube comment sections again. And now we just get nice people saying nice things about our podcasts. Yay! It's and so I can't wait better. to
3: come back for Prisoner Basketball.
2: Yeah, you'll be back very soon because someone flaked on me and then you joined in really quick. Hey!
3: You got it. Listen, I'll talk about Azkaban anytime, anyplace.
2: Well, good. We'll do it in like a couple days when we record the next thing. Bye. Bye. Okay, cool. Thanks, Brando. Okay, so now we move on to episodes five and six of Potterless and I am joined by Sydney Adams and I'm just looking at this on the episode descriptions for episode five and six. I wrote Sydney Adams and then in parentheses, prostitute because Vine (laughs) still existed when we recorded this episode of Potterless. That
5: did not age well, I would just like to say.
2: (laughs) I will probably, after recording, go back and change so it just says Sydney Adams.
5: (laughs) No, honestly, let me live forever in memory (laughs) (laughs) R.I.P.
2: So this was your first appearance. This was to cover chapters 11 through 13 and then 14 through 18 of Chamber of Secrets. Chamber and Secrets. Chamber and Secrets, both (laughs) things. So listening back, did you find any little fun nuggets from these episodes?
5: I did. Also, I took notes because I was very good at school and just kind of holding on to that forever. (laughs) But... I was listening and I was trying to be so coy about so many things. You kept guessing about what would happen and I kept being like, "Mm, I don't know, maybe... (laughs) Which, in retrospect, obviously gives it away.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, at the time, it probably went over my head, because I definitely don't remember anything ever being spoiled for me. So if anything ever was, it just went way over my head.
5: Everyone was trying to be very careful. But the biggest thing that struck me when I was listening back, I wondered if you knowing things just in general, because Harry Potter was such a cultural phenomenon. It's like the Star Wars thing where everyone's like, like who shot first Mm -hmm. or Darth Vader's the dad. I wondered if Harry Potter being such a cultural phenomenon ruined some things for you because you... Obviously, ruined surprises, but ruined the experience because you, you're you referencing in the second book that Snape kills Dumbledore. Mm-hmm. You're referencing the thing where he loved Lily Potter. I just wanted to know if that, you think that personally took anything away from you? Because reading the book, obviously, you'll be like, oh, there's that thing everyone's talking about. Yeah.
2: I don't know if it necessarily ruined it, but it definitely did color it.
5: Mm, like a beautiful velvet paint by numbers from Michael's. <laughs>
2: If I didn't know certain things like how things end up with Snape or that Harry gets with Ginny and Ron ends up with Hermione, I think it would have been it would have been more fun for me just to learn about those naturally. I don't know that it would have changed too many of my opinions. Mm -hmm. I definitely still would have thought Snape sucks and- (laughs)
5: Well, yeah, everyone does. And then the reveal comes along that Dumbledore trusted him with this and you're like, oh no, he was a bad guy, but he was just (laughs) acting. He's complex. uh, Yeah. I don't know. I
2: don't I don't know if like it would have changed any of the big opinions that I had. Like I still would have loved Ginny and thought she was perfect for Harry of if course. I didn't go into the series knowing it. I do think it would have been more fun for me to have been surprised by some of the huge things if I didn't know that Sirius turned out to be a good guy or if I didn't know that Snape kills Dumbledore. I was still surprised by that just because of how it happened and how quickly it went down. Yeah. But I do think that I lost out a little bit on the experience of completely going in blind just because it was such a thing and I was on the internet in the mid 2000s. Yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah. That I, it was completely unavoidable. Of course. I, all of the spoilers came through just because I had a Tumblr account in 2010.
5: And there was no subtlety on Tumblr ever, so. <laughs> no
2: no 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 no. no. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if it ruined it, but it definitely took away from it. I don't know if it took away in a bad way. Of course. But it, it changed things for sure.
5: Yeah, cuz when you're a kid reading these books for the first time, these reveals come along and they're done in such a careful way that children can understand that I remember getting to some of those big reveals as what a 10, 11, 12, 13, however many books, however old I was. Mm -hmm. Getting to those parts and just being like, what? No way! Like, just (laughs) losing my mind over some of those real, really drawn-out reveals, because it's, and we talked about this in the episode, but just how far in advance did she plan all of these, because there was secrets or buildups that lasted books and books and books. And did she know ahead of time or was it just kind of moment of inspiration where she was like, Oh, no, this thing happens.
2: Yeah, I would be very interested if I ever do get to talk you, to you're J.K. You're J.K.
5: Rowling. You can answer these <laughs> questions for me. So I'm asking you.
2: If I ever could talk with her, that would be one of the things. I don't know if she would admit it. But I would love to know how many of the things were legitimately planned and how much of them were, oh, I wrote this thing that I thought was going to be a throwaway detail. And then it actually ended up being really important. Because in some instances, you could see it. And I know that the second book mm-hmm. especially has a lot of things that later on become important. The diaries the first horcrux and the basilisk yes. fang ends up being used later on etc cetera, etc cetera. it would be very funny if she just made the creepy diary and then later on was like what if i made the creepy diary very important i would love to know she's like
5: "Ooh, i'm gonna close this loophole that i've created for myself
2: <laughs> i'm sure there were a lot of things planned ahead i'm sure there were some things that she kind of went back and decided to make it work mm-hmm. but yeah it's an interesting thing to consider especially with this book that i don't know that there's much else going on except for looking back and being like, oh, yeah, <laughs> the seeds,
5: yeah, going, oh, that's, um, <laughs> that's the general response. That's actually um, the New York Times official review of Chamber of Secrets. It's just, oh, oh, <laughs>
1: has
5: she has JK Rowling ever acknowledged her existence? No,
2: no, not, not on Twitter, not, or n- anything, nothing. She's not even yeah, like you're not important. Sorry, <laughs> no, I am not. It's fu- it's really funny when there have been a couple Reddit threads mm-hmm. where some people say, oh, Mike shouldn't be so critical of J.K. Rowling. He's ruining the chance of the inevitable interview. It's like, yo, it's not gonna happen. You were
5: like, I was never <laughs> planning on having an interview with her, but thank you for thinking so highly yeah. of my capability.
2: Exactly. That's what I told her. I was like, I, I told the person who wrote it, I think you are completely overestimating how important this podcast is. Mm, yeah. <laughs> yes, it is listened by a lot of people, but it is nowhere near." large enough to where jk rowling knows of its existence and even if she does know that it exists i am so far beneath her for her to even acknowledge (laughs) it in any format at all
5: and we are not worthy we are not worthy
2: i would love to live in a world where she knows about it but just (laughs) refuses to like pay me any due
5: (laughs) hey baby there's an alternate universe where she talks to you so You can live with that knowledge. I
2: just want to talk to Daniel Radcliffe. That's the real number one. I would much rather talk to him than JK.
5: Yeah, I want to ask him about that photo of him walking like a thousand dogs in New York City. That's Mm -hmm. what I would ask him. And then I would walk out the door.
2: (laughs) Anything else uh, in the episode that stood out? Yes,
5: I have a couple other things written down. One of them is uh, I wrote... House points are, like, whose line points <laughs> where <laughs> they're made up and they just don't matter. <laughs> like, just because we, we fixated for so long on how arbitrary the point system is and how Harry could, like, fart and get ten <laughs> house points for passing gas. And so I was like, oh... The house cut points are just whose line is it anyway points. And I can't believe I didn't realize that until now.
2: (laughs) I mean, that is true. There is no apparent set system. And I think the point that we were making here is that at the end of the year for saving the world, they just kind of give 50 points to each of the kids, (laughs) which is wild in that you could lose the same amount of points. If for you
5: being out of your dorm, right, your shoe being untied
2: time. or something, it's so. Oh, by these standards, because the Quidditch points go towards house cup points, mm-hmm. catching the snitch is three times better than defeating Voldemort.
5: Yeah, <laughs> just by that logic. I mean, they never talk about math in the Harry Potter universe, so I think mm-hmm. that maybe they just don't know how to do it. This is canon for me now.
2: I mean, they have the one math class, arithmancy, is an elective, so it's oh, not well, a core then... class.
5: Oh, It's just an elective.
2: (laughs) Yeah, it's not mandatory for anyone to take. And we never Um, learn anything about the class except for that the professor's name is Professor Vector because of course it is. Oh,
5: God, of course it is. Yeah, I mean, they're not setting these kids up to do anything productive if they're choosing to live in the muggle world. So I'm just imagining one of these kids trying to get an entry-level job and they're like what do you mean you don't know how to do math (laughs) they're like i can unlock a mean bathroom door but if you need me to make a spreadsheet i'm so sorry my cover is blown i'm a wizard
2: that's pretty true i mean they can't (laughs) arthur weasley couldn't use money it's rectangles with numbers on them like it's not hard
5: but it's funny because it's like they have a currency And we know that other currencies exist in other countries. So couldn't you just be like, oh, this is muggle currency. I'm going to figure out how much it's worth as opposed to being like, hmm, linen rectangle. I will (laughs) never be. I will never figure you out. My weakness. (laughs) My one weakness. Linen printed with numbers. Because I never took a math class.
2: (laughs) Oh, that's very good.
5: Oh, also sidebar. I, another sidebar to the sidebar. Um, mm-hmm. We're just going tangent now. Please. So Harry Potter takes place in the 80s, right? It's like
2: late 80s, early 90s.
5: Okay. I don't know what was going on in the United Kingdom in the 80s, but why are there not way more fucked up hairdos and mm-hmm. outfits? Yep. I want... Harry Potter with the largest radioactive cell phone known to man walking around (laughs) Hogwarts being like, we got to go to the mall later. Uh,
2: Yeah, I don't get why they're drinking pumpkin juice and not Orange Julius. It doesn't make any sense.
5: Fuck, man. (laughs) This is a hill I want to die on. No,
2: I've made the comment many times that the cultural reference is not happening, especially because a lot of the kids are Muggle-born. That's ridiculous to me. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a missed opportunity. Completely. What else do you have for notes?
5: Did you ever get your Weasley sweater? I
2: did get my Weasley sweater. Thank Summer God. Someone knitted me a Weasley sweater with a S on it for Shubes.
5: Oh, Absolutely incredible.
2: I love it. It's very comfortable. It's very warm.
5: If you ever needed to re gift it to me,
2: oh, that yeah. S
5: could stand for Sydney. So. It could. It could. I'm just saying.
2: <laughs> it's very good. It's a couple different people offered to make me Weasley sweaters because I mentioned in this episode that I wanted one. Impeccable. And one person came through so far and I have it and it makes me very happy. That's I've posted awesome. about it on Instagram. So if anyone listening wants to see it, there's a picture of me hugging myself in my warm Weasley sweater. You'll just have to <laughs> scroll back a little bit to find it. But but it also has a link to where you can get one of your own.
5: Yay. That's amazing. Ugh. Yes.
2: So I did get it. Ah, uh, So good. Well, Sydney, thank you so much for being on the episode way back when in December of 2016. I uh, know.
5: <laughs> I remember lying on my college house couch and recording this and all of my roommates being like can we talk now because I was (laughs) like I need the house to be silent so that I can record my friend's podcast thank you
2: (laughs) at the time it's very small but now you can be like it's Mildly important.
5: It was a thing. Look, I told you.
2: (laughs) (laughs) It's so good. But I very much appreciated having you on the show because up until that point, I had not that I didn't have explicitly funny people on, but I had previous guests that were very nerdy and bookish. And I remember you were the first person where I was intentionally when I picked who was going to be in the episodes I was like I need someone who's going to be really funny oh. because I need to set the tone early that it's not just Harry Potter nerds that know a bunch of details on the show and I know sometimes people are like oh the hosts don't know everything it's like look this is an entertainment podcast first yeah and a Harry Potter podcast second so I needed to set that bar right away <laughs> to show that like not every guest is going to be the same and some guests are going to be incredibly hilarious and that was you
5: oh thank you no it problem. was a delight to be on it then it's a delight to talk with you now
2: yeah so there's all good good I love that we hung out in New York a couple weeks ago so we're all like fun full circle here and stuff that
5: was amazing we got three beautiful photos to prove it
2: mm-hmm. yeah Bettina <laughs> took some quality things on her funky camera and it makes shout out Bettina
5: listen to her music Valen yes <laughs>
2: please do she makes a theme song and she makes the horse theme song and they both slap and her music slaps too she's fantastic but Sydney thank you so much for being on and we'll see what happens when I talk to the next guest for the next episodes of Potterless woo woo hey. Ah, yes. Woo, indeed. That's the end of this first look back of Potterless. Imagine me editing Mike here in one of those, like, fancy pajama things with the scarf and I'm in a recliner and there's a fire crackling in the background. This is what's happening right now. Ah, yes. The end of the first Potterless look back. A way that we can go back on these past two and a half to three years of a silly podcast and look at some of the ridiculous things Mike and his friends said over the weeks. I hope you've enjoyed this first look back and the ones to come as we bridge the gap between the Harry Potter books and the Harry Potter movies. Until next time, as they say in the wizarding world of Harry Potter, before they figure out whatever the name of that fancy neck thing, it's like an ascot, but not really. Wizard on! If you want to be more in the know of what's happening with the future of Potterless and what's next and what I'm working on, you should support the show on Patreon, whether it's through director's commentary, bonus episodes, live streams, all of the above. I talk about what's next for Potterless all of the time, and you can get those little sneak previews if you go to patreon.com potterless. Potterless was created by Mick Schubert. It is hosted by Mick Schubert. It is edited by Mick Schubert. It is produced by Mick Schubert as well as Vicky Garcia, Aaron Johnson, Jesse Horgan, Natalie Klobuchar, Klauser Lopu, Frank Cioto, Marchismo, Samantha Rose, Juan Sonphilio, Abita Med, Rosemary Marie, Lisa Sikin, Rumina Rivadenira, Camille Doc, Russell Dunk, Audra, Eleanor Curlin, Sydney Cawthur, and Ross and Batamana, Nikita Power, Taylor Armstead, Ali Madsen, Amelia Krauss, Sean Montag, Sarah Nink, Ben Silver, Rachel Guthrie, Zachary Polito, Orchid Grower, Vivian, Owl, Takari Arant, Healy Hastings, Not My Moster, you bitch. Angelina Wither, Ross Marie Alex Brian Williams, Lynn Sullivan, Grace Riggles, Arul Pineda, Ingan Oddstadder, Mari Wynn, Alex Consulver, John Cotker, Noel Basile, Tao, Emily Tyrell, Robin Fernandez, Will Barrington, Liz Bigelow, Mariah Noah, Brandon Pick and Sarah Ansland, Claire Spencer, Rory Collier, Gloria Gillum, Sarah and Patrick Donifon, Ellie Cap29, Hallie Bowen, Veronica Bartova, Kevin Harnoy, Lada Bartova, Noah, Tracy Toya, Colleen, Jennifer Marklu, Friday J Svedson, Ivor Peterson, Naomi Guglielmo, Tyler Latchaw, Summer Samarathel, Heather Fleischman, Vera Coltham, Carrie D. Bagson, Andrea Crock, Elisa Grieven, Lynn Walker, Cameron Watkins, Justin Montero, Christine Saunders, Jacob Parrish, Toothless Walnut, Maya Gray, Mark Body, Polly Burge, Srujenthan, Netta Atabani, Tumnus Moran, Remy Fontaine, Matt Furley, Sarah Shecker, Nona VM, Zena Rosnowski, Colleen Mage, Harlan Haskins, Sheldorb, Noelia, Addie, Brian, Jenny Campion, Nikki Harris, Kara Hamilton, Dorcas, Courtney Hemwood, Kine, Amanda Alfred, Sabrina, Alicia McLaren, Kafir Shaltiel, Lindy Placky, Martha Madueno, Benjamin Desmond, Skymert Six, Sarah Shetter, Peter Vostanak, Marta Morrison, Stephanie Magnuson, Justine Wade, Aaron Richter, CJ Ochoco, Eileen Gazesh, Violet Sullivan, Kat Yowell, Lindsay Towning, Fielding Lee, Keegan Curran, Miranda Manning, Gail Ann, Mr. Folk, Heather McMillan, Adam Bryan, Christina Walton, Maya, Zachary Davis, Kieran, Heaven, Callahan. Hannah Christy, Lily Leader Williams, Wire Warrior 4976, Floor Sake, scars Garsfjord, Georgia, Vile Donner, Itzel Aime Ayala, Mitch Williams, Alvega, Peter Wykoff, Candy Kane, Skyla Lily, Adele Ryan, Professor Threat, Kelsey Lesian, Ellie Hoskovchova, Kelly Maynard, Luban Maleo Akinwande, Lena Karen, Daniel Fulkerson, Rebecca Todd, Lee Lily, Elizabeth Christofferson, Abby, Lika Faccio, Michael David Yordy, Nice Earmuffs Potter, Did Your Mum Make Them For You, Cara Hoyer, Tiffany Cottrell, Kelly Ottilio, Nadia Vansgaard, Andrea, Courtney Telfer, Galactic Sparkle Cat, Kerry Crumpler, Jamie Kingston, List. Camilo Garcia, Connie Binkowski, Janet Noelle De Tilly, Mary Matille, Imo Sarah, Jennifer Wendt, Mylan Ilstad Johansson, Anastasia Blake, Jaden Allman, Nedry OS, Matt Barger, Riley Lane, Will Husser, Zephyr Lawrence, Artemis Peters, Brett Claussen, Connor Snell, Samantha Lenz, Kayla M. Simino, Lauren Wainwright, Aurora Fruhoff, Emma Clark, Hermione Snape, Liar, Nakam, Megan Dick, Out of Context 69, Liam McCormick, Malena Brandy, Marco Zapeda, Ella Robertson, STEAM NUGGETS, CAN'T I POTTER? AND YES I CAN! Web design by Kelly Beckman, and the music is by Bettina Campomanes. If you want to find Potterless on social media, you can at facebook.com slash Potterless, twitter.com slash Potterlesspod, instagram.com slash Potterlesspodcast, or reddit.com slash r slash Potterless. For any and all information about the show, you can go to our website at Potterlesspodcast.com. For merchandise, you can go to bit.ly slash Merge On. And for bonus content, you can head to patreon.com slash Potterless. If you leave a review about the show or tell a friend about it, that helps so much. And thank you again for listening. And until next time, as they say in the wizarding world of Harry Potter, wizard on!